so Elias Chappelle and Patrick Ishmael back once again to talk about ex- whether or not uh, Missouri should expand Medicaid to cover more people. And the question is, should the Medicaid ex- program be expanded so that people living at a little bit less than one and a half times the poverty rate could also be covered even if they don't have kids? Because right now you, you have to have a child to be covered under Medicaid. Right. Correct. For, yeah. For adults, if you don't have kids, you will never qualify for Medicaid. And if you do have a dependent, you have to make under 22 percent of the federal poverty level, which is around eight thousand dollars a year. Right. And, you know, I don't know how much people have been paying attention to this issue. I've been paying attention to it because I've been watching what you're saying, Elias, and you, Patrick. And I know you've been invited to local events. You've been invited to be on the radio and and you've been talking specifically, Elias, about the fact that even though uh, many folks believe this is going to save money, you have a different perspective in that it's going to actually cost money, right? Yeah, there there have been some widely cited uh, studies, one specifically from Washington University that assumes that uh, Medicaid expansion is going to save, you know, a billion dollars over a certain amount of years. But last week there was a uh, testimony in Jefferson City for the Missouri House of Representatives, their budget committee, and the Department of Social Services, the state agency that has the um, that runs Medicaid, mm-hmm. basically released new estimates. Um, they had a legal analysis, they had an actuarial analysis. They went through everything they know about Medicaid and came out and said no, this is going to break the budget. This is going to cost over $2.7 billion per year. Okay, so just intuitively, if you've got program X covering a certain amount of people costing Y, anytime you add people to that, almost to me, no matter what, that's going to cost more money. How do we add people and save money? That never made sense to me. So what was the premise that the folks from Washington University were saying, we can add more people to the program and cover more people, but it will costs less? So their um, argument is basically that there are people that are currently in the program that uh, the state could save money on by shifting them to the so-called expansion population. The idea being the federal government is offering 90% federal match for people in expansion, where currently people on Medicaid, the state gets a 65% 65% of those um, funds from the federal government. And so what basically Washington University was saying is that uh, the disabled people on Missouri's Medicaid program, which are generally the most expensive, they're thinking that as Missouri expands Medicaid, less people will come into uh, the Medicaid program as disabled and they will instead enroll in the expansion population, allowing the state to um, save a bunch of money on their care essentially. But what the state said last week, the Department of Social Services, was that the state cannot just enroll people that are disabled in the expansion population. The 90% match is only for people that became eligible for Medicaid with expansion. I mean, it sounds like a scam to me, right? You say, okay, these people are reimbursed two thirds and these people are reimbursed, this group's reimbursed 90. So we'll take our most expensive people in the two thirds reimbursement and we'll simply put them over here in this pile and get 90% reimbursement. I would think that the federal government would see that coming, right? It's, 
that's kind of cheating the system to take your most, most expensive people and put them into the program where you get more reimbursement. Isn't the federal government looking out for that? Well, I guess the first few years of Medicaid expansion, they weren't because the, okay. the um, Office of Inspector General has found that multiple states have tried this and they've been caught doing it. Um, New York is one of the big examples. And, you know, part of the argument with this um, to shift the uh, cost, essentially, the Washington University model assumes that the amount of disabled Missourians enrolled in the Medicaid program is going to drop over 20% in the next four years, where if you go back and look through Missouri's historical information about this stuff, the disabled population has been basically the same for over 15 years. So, so they're, they're they assuming a large change in behaviors and, mm. and whether the state can you know, be guiding people down that path, the state is saying that they certainly cannot. So they don't think there's going to be a drop in the number of people who are, are technically are disabled, but they think there's going to be a drop in the number of people who say they're disabled. Yeah, and they, right? think, they think that um, if people have the access to health insurance or health coverage, that they won't uh, try to gain the dis disability um, classification, which... Um, without some guidance from the state telling them that that is um, a path, I don't really think that's something you can base the future of Missouri's budget off of happening simply because there are other benefits that come with um, being classified as disabled. And as you mentioned before, sure. this would certainly be pretty clear to the federal government because the cost of someone who's disabled is much different than the healthcare costs of someone who is healthy. And, and, to zoom up, and to zoom up to 30,000 feet or so, I mean, if, if we were to start a Medicaid program from scratch, I think you guys referred to this in the last podcast, it probably wouldn't look like what uh, Medicaid and Medicaid expansion look like now. In fact, Medicaid expansion wasn't intended to be a voluntary program to begin with. It's a voluntary program because the Supreme Court ruled in 2012 that you couldn't take away everybody's money if they decided not to expand. Uh, and so now you have 50 states trying to make a decision about this when I, the, the, the folks who wrote the law didn't intend for this to even be an option. And yet, you know, you look at Medicaid as a program and today it spends over half a trillion dollars every single year. And there are questions about the uh, actual effectiveness in terms of health outcomes, uh, whether it's actually delivering value to taxpayers. Uh, and, and, you know, for years and years and years, there's always been this uh, claim that Medicaid expansion saved states money or saved taxpayers money. And yet what you see is that the cost of the program nationally continues to rise. There was this discussion of bending the curve of, of healthcare costs. And that didn't happen in the government uh, space or in the private insurance space. And so, um, you know, Missouri has resisted expansion for, I guess, eight years now. Um, and um, it, it is one of basically about a dozen states that hasn't done so, but there is so much pressure. You have all of these interest groups, hospitals, insurers, pressing very hard to have Missouri expand. And certainly there will be more money spent, but that's kind of the opposite of the claims that are being made about, you know, why taxpayers should vote this or why legislators should vote this into effect. It doesn't save taxpayers really anything, whether you talk about 
the combined uh, spending of the federal government and, and state government. But what has often been, been declared is that, well, we're going to be able to shift these people and save the state budget money. And as Elias found and as the state has declared now, um, that, that even that isn't true. And so the question, I think, is, you know, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of system do we want? What is the purpose of the system? Is it supposed to take care of the folks who are the poorest among us, those who are disabled, those who are otherwise not going to receive uh, uh, this, this care or this coverage? Or is it to take care of folks who, in, in the case of the Medicaid expansion, include people who are able-bodied, working-age adults who are in some cases not even below the poverty line. I don't think that Medicaid was really intended to cover any adults that are above poverty, and yet that's what Medicaid expansion does. And you take in all the other impacts uh, or, or lack of impacts when it comes to positive health outcomes or uh, you know value to taxpayers, and, and this is a serious issue. Yeah, so just like from my point of view, having seen you, Elias, as the expert on the true cost of Medicaid expansion, talk to people who are coming up with these sort of imaginary savings. And when you say you cannot put people who show up for Medicaid with a disability, you cannot put them on the expansion because they already would have qualified. They have to be in the, the, the main program, not the expansion program. And I recall you saying that clearly. And when the person who said that there would be savings was questioned about that, he was like, oh, we'll see. You know, I got like a, we'll see. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. So now the state has said you absolutely cannot take people who, who newly enrolled as disabled and put them on expansion. They have to be in the main program. And what I hear you saying, Elias, is that they're like, maybe when those people show up, we'll counsel them and we'll tell them, don't say you're disabled, and then we can put you in the expansion program, and then that will save us money. That does not follow any logic for me. That's not logical. Well, well and, you know, the, the idea of just the coverage being, you know, the same for the state of, well, you are technically disabled and we're going to just put you in a different bucket and, you know, everything's going to be fine and no one's going to see what is, you know, really happening here because a slightly more technical part of this is people that are coming into Medicaid expansion are going to be enrolled in a managed care plan, which is basically a, um, just a health insurance plan through, sure. you know, Centene, United Healthcare, something like that. Kaiser. And, 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 and what would happen if you start putting disabled people in this like healthy group is that it's going to raise the cost for every other healthy person because right. the insurance company is spreading those costs across the, um, you know, across their pool. And so this, this is something that any way you look at it doesn't really make sense and is certainly not going to save money. And a broader point to this savings idea is that when people say savings, I think most people that hear about um, expansion and they hear of savings, they think, okay, we can do this and we'll spend less money. But what the people that are pushing this model are saying, they're not saying you're gonna spend less money on Medicaid. They're saying that you might spend less money on Medicaid than you otherwise would have. Medicaid's going to be more expensive in four years than it is today without expansion. If you expand Medicaid, they're saying it might grow less slowly. But no matter what happens, Medicaid is going to be expen is going to be more expensive, and um, the state is now saying that with expansion, it's going to be much more expensive, which is a big problem for Missouri's budget. So, what you've been saying since at least January, and writing about and saying publicly that it will cost uh, a lot of money, has been validated by the state auditors and by the state lawyers. 
what do you do with that now? As I just mentioned, we've only, you know, three weeks from now, do you think enough people will hear about that to understand how much this is going to cost the state in a time of like a true budget um, crunch? Like how are we going to, if, if Missourians vote to expand Medicaid and it's going to cost an extra, you tell me, 200 million a year, how are we going to manage that at a time when our revenues are down by so much? I mean, that's the multi-billion dollar question. So I'm just putting out information, trying to talk to groups and, uh, you know, go into this because even when you get down to the most basic parts of a model of estimating what, you know, Medicaid's going to cost, you take out this important piece of savings. And then, you know, as you mentioned before, when you look at how much Medicaid's going to cost, it's essentially a function of the amount of people that come on and, you know, how much the state has to pay for their health coverage per person. And what the state of Missouri is saying is, hey, look, this model that's saying you're going to save money, the way they're going to drive savings, we can't do. And the amount of people that are going to come on to Medicaid, it's way higher than what they're saying. And the cost per person is also way higher. The Washington University study said around 230,000 people would come on for Medicaid expansion. The state of Missouri is now saying it's going to be closer to 300,000. The wow. cost per person, WashU said, is going to be around $400 a month. The state's saying it's going to be above $700 a month. And, you know, there's a ton of other effects that come into that too. You know, woodwork effects, which is the idea sure. of people that are already eligible for the program coming on. There's um, implementation costs, the state's um, Medicaid system, as I wrote so, in my paper, is really out of date. I mean, there, there's so many areas costs come in and how we deal with that today is anyone's best guess. So Patrick, it sounds like a tax increase to me. No, I think I think that's the, the long term concern here because you know if if your costs are going to rise, if you're not going to have the sorts of budgetary savings that are being promised, um, that money has to come from someplace, and you you, do, you have less latitude with the Medicaid program than you have with say higher education or public safety or transportation, uh, and so money that would otherwise go to those items, I think would. Uh, if not immediately, uh, would over time either have to go toward Medicaid instead, or you would have to have a tax increase. And I think that that is a, a, a real <laughs> a wet blanket for folks, especially Washington University, who uh, for at least the last year have been declaring all the savings that would come from this. And, and what's really sad, too, is that Washington University was aware of this issue months and months and months ago. Do you think uh, so? Yes, absolutely. Well, we, oh, wow. we we certainly published on it in February publicly, and well, I, sure. and 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 uh, in private, I believe they were also aware of, of the concern. And so, what you you end up having is a a report that was published last year that was never updated, and as a result of that, you also had subsequent reports from others that were based in whole or in part on that report that also got some got got some fundamental assumptions wrong, and so it's. It, Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a ballot item, and so it, it isn't so much an academic exercise in some cases. For, in this case, you know, if you're a supporter of Medicaid expansion, you want to be able to say that there are savings, look at these savings. And so it's potentially against interest to admit to a mistake, but that's what's happened here, is that the WashU study, for whatever the reason, was uh, in error and was not corrected. And I think that does the public a disservice because they aren't getting 
the, the real facts about what the expansion does, what the budgetary impact would be. And I, I think that- uh, it, Let me ask it, you this. When you go into the voting booth and you vote on this, isn't it going to have language that says, this, uh, if the Medicaid expansion will either save $40 million or cost 100 and some, should they, should, is there any need to update that? Can they update that? Could the election commission change that language now that the state has got new numbers? Or is that set in stone? I, I don't, I don't believe that they are able to, but, and Elias can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that number was in large part also based off of the WashU research. And so you have all these subsequent numbers that are based on the wrong assumptions, but, you know, and it doesn't so much matter at this point where those wrong assumptions came from or why they were made, but they were wrong assumptions and the state has affirmed that. So I don't know that the ballot itself can be changed to reflect what the actual- uh, It seems like it should be. It's gonna be I, incorrect, right? People are gonna go in to vote and they're gonna have misinformation. Is that right, Elias? Yeah. The the thing the ballot's going to say is that this is going to cost either $200 million or save a billion dollars. And so, so that is confusing to everyone. And what I also don't think people realize when they go in there, you know, this is a ballot, this, this ballot initiative is a constitutional amendment. And so with this, with this amendment that, you know, people are not going to know how much it costs, they're going to um, be on the hook for whatever comes onto Medicaid. On the, onto the Medicaid rolls. Medicaid is an entitlement, which means that as soon as Missouri changes eligibility, and this is in the Constitution, there are no, there are no budgetary um, restrictions that the state can place on this. They are on the hook for every person that meets the eligibility guidelines and enrolls in the program. And you know, then the other issue that Missouri has that goes to what Patrick was saying is that Missouri cannot raise taxes without a vote of the people. And so you're, what you're going to see is these costs are going to be much higher than what people thought when they voted for it. And there's not a mechanism for the legislature to adjust what's happening with the Medicaid program. And then people are going to have to look at it and see that Missouri's budget is destroyed by this you know, thing they passed, if that happens. And then they would have to then vote for another tax increase or just decimate education. Right. So it seems like when you go in to vote August 4th, it should say by Medicaid expansion, this will cost at least $200 million and likely trigger a tax increase. I mean, I don't know what people are, to me, people are voting without, uh, they're voting with incorrect information. They're going to be voting based on information that we now know the state has validated is incorrect. And I mean, I, I guess they, I guess they won't change it, but that's, really a shame to me that the state did their audit and their legal analysis after they came up with the ballot language. Seems like they should have done it before. Well, the, the issue with what made it onto the ballot was actually a um, result of the auditor going through the um, submitted fiscal impact. So the state put out their amount. They said the $200 million cost. They admittedly didn't go further into that, but what happened with the auditor's process is that they allow for outside groups to submit cost estimates. And then if they deem them reasonable, they can include them. And so what the auditor did is they included the WashU study without really anyone at the auditor's office vetting any of those pieces and then put it on the same you know, playing field for the ballot as what the state is saying, which you know, just as um, you know, something to look at for the state going forward, 
it doesn't seem like you should be comparing, you know, the people that run a program to something some outside researchers put together that even have a vested interest in the passing of, you know, what they're submitting the fiscal impact for. Plus, it's just confusing. As a voter, when I go in and says this might save a billion dollars or cost $200 million, what am I supposed to do with that information? You know, it's like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> it's really like, don't even give numbers at that point. And I, I don't know, it just concerns me. Because, you know, we now know that you were essentially correct. It's going to be a very expensive program. And I think at a time when people, a lot of people have lost their jobs and lost their employer provided health coverage, it's probably very appealing to say we need to help these people out and make sure that they can go get medical care, especially if they get COVID. But not that that doesn't really connect. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. Think it's, it's I think it's absolutely true that I don't know there's anyone that disagrees that there ought to, uh, that there, <clears throat> let me start over. I don't know if there's anybody that's arguing that there shouldn't be a backstop for our poorest and for our disabled and for those who otherwise can't get care. The question is, how do you provide those services effectively? Because in a lot of, in a lot of instances, Medicaid services not only aren't that great, but they're also inaccessible because the networks are so narrow because the reimbursements are so low. And so as we have a program that isn't delivering for foster kids and for all these different categories of, of people who, who want access to care and, and need it reliably, at the same time, we're talking about adding hundreds of thousands of people to a program and, and incentivizing uh, folks who could otherwise find insurance in the private market to come on to, to government roles. That's not good for taxpayers. That, that's not good for uh, folks who uh, might be pulled into this program. It's certainly not good for folks who are already in the program who uh, are already suffering the effects of a program that's not as, as effective as it needs to be for it to be, uh, you know, I think justifiable for taxpayers. Hmm. Yeah. What a mess. It, what a mess. Uh, so you keep talking about it, Elias, writing about it. Jefferson, the, the budget committee called you to testify to basically confirm what they had found, right? Yeah, they've been doing a lot of work into this because, you know, they're going to be the ones stuck with trying Figuring to out. sort out this mess whenever they get the, you know, the revenues information coming in. You know, one point to add would be that you know, Missouri just finished its fiscal year on June 30th, and we had the state brought in over $600 million less than it did the year before. And so if you're talking about a Medicaid program that just on its own without expansion is growing, you know, millions upon millions of dollars per year, and then you're talking about adding expansion to something that's going to cost over $100 million a year, close to $200 million, when the state has less than they had before, like, people when they're going to vote don't have the information to see, you know, just the scale of those effects on other state priorities. You know, what, what that means for higher education, what that means for, you know, our public schools and our infrastructure and public safety and all those things. And that, and that's why I think the ballot language itself kind of did, um, or the estimate on the ballot did a disservice. Yeah. yeah. Cause we have a balanced budget amendment. I don't know how many people realize we can't spend more than we bring in. So if we bring in less money and we have one program that's growing exponentially and taking up more, the bigger slices of the pie, that's just, that literally leaves less for everything else. So we can't increase spending on education. We can't increase spending on higher ed and expand Medicaid and fix the, like we can't do all those things. We're, we're out. 
once we did make like we're making a commitment here and it's kind of a fixed commitment and that's just going to leave less state revenue unless we raise taxes and probably pretty substantially it's just going to leave less revenue for everything else that's the information people need when they go to vote and the the last thing too is that you know during these economic downturns like we're experiencing right now you know when missouri has less revenue there's also more people coming on to Medicaid. Sure. And so Medicaid costs go up when the state has the least amount of money. And with Medicaid expansion, that issue is only exacerbated. You know, there's, right. there are hundreds of thousands of Missourians that are unemployed right now. And the issue would be what happens when Missouri's revenues decline 600 million and you have, you know, in the last three months, 75,000 people have come on to Medicaid. But with expansion, you could see, you know, hundreds of thousands of people come on to Medicaid and how you deal with those costs uh, is certainly a difficult, difficult issue that I don't know how the budget committees would um, be able to deal with. Hmm. Well, hopefully people will listen to you from now on, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they'll know now when you say something, you're correct. Um, might not be popular, but you're correct. So... Uh, I guess that's all you can do. Keep talking about it, keep writing about it, and um, and you know we need to make sure going forward that we have, get the right language on these ballot initiatives because we can't have everything. Just can't have it all, right? Yeah, I I actually do think there should be something looked at in terms of who can submit um, or yeah. you know what is what is able to be submitted onto the ballot language because. Giving, some, giving Missourians a $1.2 billion range of how much something could cost just seems, I mean, you, you'd be better off not having anything at that point. I mean, who knows what that even means? Well, I guess we'll have to meet back here in a year and talk about how they figured out the budget. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for explaining it and um, keep up the good work. We need smart people telling us the real numbers. All right. Take care. We're good. Thanks, Susan. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.